Hi everybody, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and welcome to our latest podcast. Hi everyone, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and a happy new year to everybody. I um, hope everyone's had a, a great start to 2021. Uh, we're starting off for 2021 really well because we welcome Hannah Thompson uh, to our podcast series today. Um, Hannah is a doctoral researcher at Loughborough University um, where she's studying a very, very interesting uh, area of social media and women's cricket and how women's cricket is portrayed over social media. She's a former media officer with uh, Loughborough Lightning and also a um, a junior pathway player and women's cricketer in her own right. So um, thank you ever so much for making the time on January the 1st, 2021, Hannah. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, it's a pleasure. So as is our won't, um, our very first question to all of the people we, we chat with is to kind of go back to the beginning of your journey in, in relation to cricket and how it all started. So if you could just uh, maybe describe and explain how that all began, that would be amazing. Yeah, no, so for me, um, so I'm from like a tiny village in Somerset, um, not much going on kind of thing. And my uncle, who at the time, I think he was in his like late teen years, decided to set up a youth section because he was cricket mad. And we did have quite a good kind of cricket community in my village. Um, so he set up a youth system that was aimed more at my brother's age. So I think my brother at the time was probably about five. So it's really like young juniors kind of stuff. Um, and I kind of just went along being that sporty kid at school and absolutely loved it and turned out to be quite good at it as a kid. Um, become an absolute kind of like badger as a young person free from like the age of kind of, I think I was about eight to kind of 17, 18 kind of, age and just absolutely loved playing for my village what was the name um, of the village uh so it's middle so how do you spell that really, uh, so it's m-i-d-d-l-e-z-o-y so i've got really fond memories of kind of playing as a kid and i realized how like lucky i was to have that literally a two-minute walk from where my nan's house was and everything so that's kind of how i kind of got into it it's mainly kind of my uncle and then my granddad and my mum's been really sporty as well for her whole life but growing up in the like 70s 80s she didn't have the opportunities that I've had so she's been like instrumental to everything so so you've got um sporty relatives and um you were sporty yourself um and your uncle set up a a very young uh, junior setup at um at the, at the local village club and and that's that's how it all began yeah, so he literally started it from nothing, so there's no youth system at all, but now it's still thriving today, so there's everything from, I think he's even got kind of like an under-8s kind of just turn-up-and-train kind of um, group, to now he's got like under-11s, 13s, 15s. At one point he was doing under-17s as well, but it, it was generally more boys than girls. I was the only girl for my kind of playing time, um, but since I kind of passed through about under seventeen um there's definitely more girls starting to turn up which was nice so I did try at one point when I was about 14 or so tried to set up a girls cricket um group um for like the younger girls and we had a bit of success with it but it was just more at that time in my life I was um doing like my GCSEs and playing myself and it was a bit of a stretch for me at that time to really like dedicate 
and do it and I wasn't the most confident person at that time either so I didn't trust my coaching I felt very kind of insecure in that kind of space um but I did my level one back in 2012 but I haven't kind of progressed with that anymore plenty of time for that Hannah plenty of time for that you've got enough on your plate at the moment which I'm sure we'll hear more about in a bit um but so you say that um you were the only goal at the girl at the time to to play at the at the local club so so what was that like as as the years passed yeah so I was thinking about this quite a lot so like most girls of my kind of my generation and perhaps still today the girls still face this um but I, I experienced a lot of kind of like oh we've got a girl oh she's gonna be terrible and I remember one time I got five wickets and one over <laughs> we still lost that game we only had eight players so like typical like village kind of thing we struggled for players anyway and it kind of did build but I remember getting this I got five wickets and one over felt like I was world champion or something crazy it was under 15 boys but I still had comments so despite getting literally five wickets within the second over I was still getting kind of like, oh, well, it doesn't count because she's a girl and stuff like that. But then even from so from my own players, it's the kind of the same guys that I grew up with since kind of preschool because it's that small kind of community mm. vibe kind of thing. So I'm, all the boys I played with were really respectful and I didn't feel anything from them kind of thing. They just knew me and they were very supportive of me and would call out the other boys for any comments. But then as I started to go like into the teen years and stuff like that, I realised that now I realised I started like internalising some of those comments. So I thought like girls cricket was terrible and I would kind of separate myself from, oh no, I'm not like a women's player or oh, no, I'm not a girls player as a teenager because you get those comments so much, you start to like believe it at that age, you're so naive. It's only now when I can reflect back and be like, Thank God I've gone to university. Thank God I've like read stuff on feminism, and I've been around some really great like female role models to actually challenge that kind of attitude for myself too. So it definitely got kind of as I was like a teenager playing like men's village kind of cricket. It definitely became more, um, definitely more kind of the comments were more like flirty from players and stuff too from other other teams and calling me stuff like. Barbie girl and stuff like that and stupid like stupid names and stuff um so I kind of like just decided to play up to it and got a pink cricket helmet to just be like I can wear pink and I can play cricket so give me all you got kind of thing because I don't care anymore so you managed to um in your own way come to terms with that kind of backdrop of um questionable uh, behaviour and comments from opposition players in um, in particular um, and and actually use that to become a a motivator in the end albeit it wasn't always like that is that a fair summary yeah so like, I, I definitely used to like thrive upon it like it would get me down kind of thing and I get really frustrated um like I think most like I say like most girls my age um so I'm like 26 now I think our kind of generation definitely experienced quite a lot of comments when we were playing like men's cricket and stuff because that was the only options that we had to play to be fair like now there's so many more opportunities for young girls to play in like an all-girls team and stuff but I absolutely loved the guys I grew up with and the guys I played with and I was like playing with my uncle um and the trust that they had in me and the belief they had in me too was really nice and really supportive it was just those 
opponents and opposition. I remember <laughs> um, I played my first men's match at, I think it was like 13, 14, and I was playing for our village first team because they were short, and I was notoriously known just to be able to block the ball. I'm not a batter whatsoever kind of thing, so I could just block it. I wouldn't get out, but I just, you know, rarely score kind of thing. So I came in at number 11, and it was a match where if we drew, drew the match... Um, we should have won, we would win the league, but if we won it, we definitely had won the league kind of thing. And the lad behind the stumps, the keeper and everything, was giving me so much chat. I told one of the blokes afterwards. And then there was literally like a little kind of scrap in the pub afterwards where like, the guy from my team was like, you cannot speak to women like that. You're like, that's so uncalled for. And that was the first kind of moment where I was like, oh, actually, yeah, this is definitely not okay. This is not okay at all. And it was nice just to have that community around me, but... At the same time, I did take it a bit too overprotective at times, I think. Do you, do you think, I mean, it's not something that we've uh, discussed on previous podcasts, but I think it's really important to, to hear um, your, your uh, version of how you reflect on, on those moments. Um, because I'm sure it's not unique. I'm sure that, uh, you know, there, there, there are lots of uh, female cricketers um of varying different ages up and down the country who play predominantly in club club world play predominantly men's cricket um still and therefore are subject to um that kind of um atmosphere um i i don't uh you know i i suppose in 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 one in one way um that kind of chirping which is part and parcel of and in my view, creeping in far too much into recreational grassroots cricket um, might be seen as a almost as a kind of a token of acceptance. Um, but but equally, the boundaries can be pushed too far. And um, and, and I suppose, it, you know, it'd be interesting to hear what your views are on that in, in terms of, you know, was it was it a case of it was generally, um, you know, banter and you know being accepted the fact that you were female and playing but being able to hold your own in that in that environment was uh, to be respected but then it was the exception rather than the rule that the the story of that keeper etc pushed the boundaries too far or was it the other way around yeah no i think there's a line of like if it's about gender that's definitely like gender discrimination that should not happen like sexism and everything mm. so if it was comments about my gender mm. that's where I'd like, I'm like no that's not on if it's just kind of like oh swing and a miss and that kind of stuff mm. that's absolutely fine and like straight away like anybody who plays kind of club cricket you know if there's a young lad comes in or like 13 or so you get the feel just like straight straight mm. in on you mm. I had that same kind of like reception but being like an older teen mm you'd straight away I'd get two fielders straight in close at me and I just kind of laugh at it and I'm like that kind of stuff I know they're just trying to get in your head and they're trying to just like tease you out kind of thing um and I think that's kind of part of like you say part of the parcel and, and that kind of stuff and as long as it's just it's like I said like swing and a miss and oh she's a bit close on that one or something like that that's absolutely fine it's just when it kind of crosses that line of oh like you don't belong here or mm why they got a girl playing from oh we must be desperate and stuff like that and it's like well no actually I've earned my place to be here mm. and I mean when I say earned my place like if you're playing like village cricket and you're in one of the, like, the lowest divisions in the league kind of thing why are people treating it like a world cup mm. 
it's meant to be fun, it's meant to be recreational, it's meant to just be a bit of a laugh when you go to the pub afterwards or into your clubhouse or whatever to just celebrate just getting out of the house kind of thing and mm. enjoying cricket for cricket's sake. So I'm not sure why, especially... Because it, 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 it's come from like some women commenting as well, it wasn't just kind of men commenting either. Um, but I just don't understand why people would have those perceptions and have to kind of say them out loud. Because there's things that I'm sure like you don't like but you're not just gonna like blurt it out to somebody because you know it would cause them offense but when you get onto that pitch that kind of boundary rope kind of just lets anything go sometimes when you're like a woman playing yeah so i i, I mean thank you for your honesty and your 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 openness about that i i, I do think it's um uh an area that um is creeping into the game um uh, too much you know that that kind of unnecessary thoughtless kind of um verbal stuff um and you know to hear your examples of where um they're using your gender as a means of trying to get inside your head and uh, put you off is you know is certainly an example of pushing it too far um i remember earlier this season um playing against a, a, a side this was playing 13 cricket and um we have a 14 15 year old um young young girl playing for, in our team uh, but we but the opposition had a um probably mid 20s um female cricketer playing and and the respect that they gave her um as teammates like you say with your team was unquestionable um and we you know we we didn't give any uh, kind of uh, abuse the kind of thing that you were just talking about at all um and she just let her uh, ability do the talking so she ended up winning the game. Uh, she got she got me out, which then meant that you know our tail was exposed, and um, she went on to get five wickets. So, um, you know, I think ultimately that kind of acceptance of um, whether it's a youngster or whether it's female or whether there's some kind of disability or something like that, that uh, the um, your 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 ability to to actually let your cricket do the talking ultimately wins wins the argument but you shouldn't have to go through uh, that that kind of experience in the first place um and hopefully it's um that kind of thing is um is happening less and less i hope so yeah because like, what i'm talking about here is a good kind of like 10 7 to 10 years ago so i, I hope things have changed massively now for like young players and young girls coming through it's like i remember our team photo um so I'm dressed all in whites and the photographer said to me oh are you the tea lady and I said no and he was like oh so are you the mascot and I think I was about 17 at the time and I was just starting to get more of kind of like my voice and being able to actually challenge comments and hold my ground and I was like no I'm a player like what do I look like Mm. and kind of just put him in his place um because like straight away like that alone was enough to kind of Mm. like like could put off people, like I could put off players and to have to try and defend your place in a village cricket match just seems ridiculous now. Absolutely. And, and you know, at our club, um, we don't have a women and girls section per se. Uh, one of our local neighbouring um, clubs is uh, has, has been absolutely superb in leading the way uh, with women's cricket and girls cricket. Um, but we do welcome, um, you know, girls into the junior section. And if those... Uh, juniors go on to um you know be competent and confident enough to play senior cricket then they they're welcomed into the senior ranks and um and that's what's happened 
uh, in the last couple of years with with these two um, youngsters in particular and yeah they're they're absolutely thriving in that environment um and yeah yeah there are occasions where uh, perhaps um a comment is made that's a, a little bit thoughtless um but it's not coming from a bad place um so in the heat of the moment it might you know be upsetting um but it's not to the extent that you described and and you know let's hope that um you know the the general kind of um experience that that young cricketers in particular female young cricketers get is a positive one um and as you rightly pointed out earlier you know ultimately it's supposed to be fun isn't it it's supposed you're supposed to enjoy it first and foremost and look forward to the next opportunity to to put your whites on and go and play um so so what about um playing in in addition to playing for the club um, am i right in thinking as well that you then got asked to play on uh, junior pathway uh, within the county yeah. so so what was that experience like yeah so like thinking about that so like some of my like best friends are friends that I met through kind of the Somerset pathway and everything and I used to absolutely love it and it was a really good experience but it's just that drop-off point at 17 so from playing since I was kind of like 10 for the county so like a good like seven years or so you get under 17 so you're playing like your last season and you don't know what's going to happen next it's like if you don't make it into a women's scene like into the senior team you've got nothing to kind of catch you and the club cricket scene at that time was so far away from where the women's senior kind of stuff is so that next like step of progression just wasn't there so i really hope with the regional stuff coming in and everything i really hope that i know there's talks of like getting rid of the county structures but i think that's still a really good opportunity for players coming through to have the kind of county side before going into regionals it just makes perfect sense to me but obviously I know there's like funding and resource questions and that kind of stuff but I love playing for Somerset I really kind of like played for the badge loved it you play so kind of like intensively across kind of like a, a month or six weeks kind of in the summer so you're kind of around the same people all the time and it really was a big community like all of our parents got on to um so we had kind of like the mum's club and everything like that and we had like some success we were definitely getting better like season by season um but then it just kind of abruptly stops and you've got nowhere to go then if you don't make it into a senior setup so i played a few kind of t20s um for some set women um i played like a few times as like 12 but I'm like struggling to think back now if I actually played any more than that for the senior kind of side. Like it was definitely more. You had more kind of like the older players who had established themselves for a long time. So for a younger kind of player, it was quite hard to like break in just because it wasn't that opportunity to kind of like get seen enough to break through. Um, but then that's why I kind of went to Loughborough University because of the cricket there. That was the next option. So if you don't have kind of anything else to fall back on, the university like MCC. Pre- MCCU programs are kind of that next step for the younger players um but I went to Loughborough and I lost all my confidence so that's when I kind of stopped playing which is a bit like most people say oh I went to Loughborough and that's why I really developed and became the best player and I'm playing for England xyz but for me it was I went to Loughborough um so I played for the MCC for a bit with like um Caroline Atkins who got me involved with it because she was our Somerset coach at the time um, so I played for MCC, I got selected to go on to the China and Hong Kong tour, but it was during my freshest week at Loughborough. 
So I kind of disappeared for two weeks, came back, and I just lost my confidence because I was like, they've already kind of selected the people that they want in the MCCU programme. Um, I'd broken my finger, so I couldn't really like that or anything, not that they'd be missing much. But like, I just, I couldn't get the confidence back up just to go for a trial. And that was kind of the last time I played for a good kind of five years. And it's only since working with Loughborough Lightning where I saw like all the players having such a great time. It really kind of like inspired me to get back into the game. So I just like, I dabble in a bit of um, club cricket now. Um, but my passion is now kind of the media side of the game. And I do regret not continuing my kind of pathway journey because my under 17 season is when I started like peaking and like I do wonder oh what like how far could I have gone um I don't think I would have like played for England or anything like that but I would have definitely liked to just see if I could have been like one of these regional players now kind of thing so what what do you think if you don't mind me asking what do you think was it that um was was the thing that uh that knocked your confidence so much that you you just felt that you you know, you needed to have a break. Yeah, so for me, so it's, um, people always questions like my bowling action, um, which it's been filmed, it's been checked, it's absolutely fine, but I have a bit of a coxed wrist and my arm does come through straight, but my wrist kind of gives an illusion that I'm chucking it, but I'm not, a, like, I'm not chucking it. And that's one of the biggest things I had to deal with as, like, a kid coming through kind of the pathway as well, so... Playing for Somerset, I remember in an under-17 season, there was a dad who shouted, she's throwing it. Um, and then I got two wickets afterwards because I used to thrive on that kind of anger. But, um, like, when you hear that from parents and when you even get... We were playing at um, a, a festival, a Malvern festival, mm. and one of the coaches from one of the other counties just started to film me. So when behind me to get that angle and then I could see what he was doing and I just burst into so we played the match um and then afterwards I just went back to my room and just burst into tears mm. and I had to deal with that so much and I said to my coach at the time who my coach at the time uh Sid uh Paul Lawrence who's now at Wellington School um he was such a like he was such a kind of a defender for all of us and he called it out and he went to the coach and said, what are you doing? You're filming an under 18 as well. Mm. Like, that's not fair. If you've got a problem with her action, you need to talk to me about it. We filmed it and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I just burst into tears because I was just so kind of fed up of having to try and like prove myself all the time that I'm not throwing it. And it just kind of like, it devalued. So if I had a really good match and I got a few wickets or something, mm. it would then get taken away because it's like, oh, you're not legit- like legitimate, you're not you're not doing it kind of textbook and that kind of stuff. So then the thought of then going to university and I've already missed out with Charles and all the eyes would kind of be on me to try and prove myself a bit more. I kind of just, I was like, I just can't be doing it to try and like prove myself again that I'm not tracking it. I'm bowling properly and I think that's where kind of the lack of confidence came from. And when I was on that tour, in like China and Hong Kong, I'd only played a few matches, um, having like broken my fingers, and I got really kind of like bad asthma at this time as well. Like, I was coughing like the air was so bad and all that kind of stuff. Mm. So it was such kind of like it was an amazing experience, but at the same time, playing wise, it was such a negative experience because I didn't kind of contribute so much. I was just in a bad place anyway. 
and I was playing football as well, so I had like my other love of football. So I was like, right, let's just play football. Let's just enjoy it. I need to do something that I enjoy now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's where it kind of spurred from, I guess, was just that constant backlash to my bowling and then getting injured and just not feeling too great and just scared as well. But like the people at Loughborough were, are now current England players. So like mm-hmm. Benat Sivers, um, I think Tammy Beaumont was still there, uh, Amy Jones, mm-hmm. um, Georgia Elwes. All of those players were at Loughborough. And, of course, I didn't realise at the time as a freshman, because you don't, like, they had, like, three different teams. So mm. I would have got into probably, like, at least a third team. Mm. I didn't have to get into a top team or anything. There's, like, no pressure, like, just to enjoy it, just get back involved in everything. But I didn't know that as a freshman. I just thought, oh, my God, it's this big, scary kind of mm. England group. Like, oh, my God, I'm not going to kind of survive. But, but I have kind of, like since working with like the lightning players and stuff um Loughborough university do a kind of recreational group mm-hmm. as well which obviously i know now um and i did get back into a bit of cricket just going to those sessions and like absolutely loved it and the girls were great and doing it for fun which i think is so important yeah i, I think that word again is um is something that it's only three letter word but it's <laughs> it has far more significance um and uh, people need to be reminded of that uh, a lot more often than perhaps they they are. I, I just um, wanted to also, I mean, without, um, you know, pushing you too much to talk about that period when you, you kind of had a break and, and stuff, but was there, I mean, who, who would you ordinarily have gone to as a kind of a, a mentor or, um, you know, support person that you uh, could talk to? Was, was there anybody that you felt comfortable enough to express those feelings to at the time and, and help you through it? Yes, yeah, so I was really lucky that like one of my best friends now, um, she's she was at Loughborough, so I took a gap year, and then she started, so she was a year ahead of me kind of thing. So I had that kind of peer support, which was really good, but I just kind of shut down. I was like, no, I don't like cricket. No, I don't want to play. Like, cricket's the worst thing on, like, in the world kind of thing. And I didn't even watch the 2017 women's final kind of thing. I knew they won it, but I just, at the time, I just didn't care. Like, I just wasn't. I wasn't interested in cricket at all. I completely kind of not thought that I'd wasted my time, but kind of I spent all that kind of time and my identity was Hannah the cricket the kind of thing and mm. Hannah like it's so hopeful, like all of that kind of not pressure because I, I did enjoy it, but that's what people at school know me. Like even today my mum works in the local community and people say, Oh, how's like Hannah and she's still playing cricket? And that's what people knew me for. So just withdrawing from that completely the only person that I could talk to is kind of, like I say, like my peers, but there wasn't kind of any support staff from back in like Somerset who I could talk to because I kind of, I left the pathway, so mm. it's not my problem anymore because that was kind of the attitude at the time, I guess, was like, oh, well, you've been here for like, throughout your kind of like teen years and like when you really grow as a person and then you get to the end of it and it's like, oh, good luck, bye kind of thing. Mm. So it's like, but there's nothing there to kind of, transition you into other things or like you might get in like the boys kind of set up because it just wasn't taken seriously mm. and I just thought, I thought you know we're just playing like casually and it's great that girls are playing but not well actually what does it mean for them mentally because if your whole identity is just cricket what else have you got to like if you haven't got that anymore who are you in like I had to kind of like rediscover kind of and reprioritize like 
what I wanted to do in life and who I am as a person. So, so what, what would you, looking back, if, if, um, if you could change one or two things or if you could see a way of improving that so that it didn't happen to you or, you know, in relation to um, other people listening to this podcast where they might be feeling or experiencing similar things to you or uh, parents or, or other players have had the same um, uh, experience as you, what, what would you say in terms of how things could change for the better? Yeah, I think like already I think things are changing for the better massively with like more staff to support like the women's game and stuff already. Um, but for me, it's like it's only now having done like a sports science degree where I've come across terms like fear of failure, mm. and that's something that I really struggled with as a kid and like a bit of anxiety too. But my, like my lack of confidence as a youngster mm. is something that people oh Hannah's just a bit shy and it's like well, I wasn't shy. I was just needing some extra kind of, I just needed somebody to talk to about mm. certain things or whatever. And like, I used to cry about going to the nets because I hated batting. Mm. And it was just that fear of like, I guess it's like the fear of like embarrassment if you get out and mm. all that kind of stuff. But it really doesn't matter. And now I can laugh about it. Like if I was to get out first ball now, I just laugh about it and go, oh, well, like cricket's a bit brutal. But it's just understanding that cricket isn't everything. And I think that's so important as like a young person realizing it might be your life for kind of that period in the summer and winter nets and stuff. But have other things to think about and do other like things too. Like don't kind of just purely like want cricket to be the only thing in your life. Like play other sports, do other things, have passions, and work out where you want to go with it. Because at the time, like when I was growing up this kind of regional structure wasn't in place. So it was either play for like the senior women's team, which is completely like voluntary, unpaid and all that kind of stuff. It wasn't professional. For me, there wasn't that option to look at and be like, right, I want to be a regional cricketer. I want to play for England. For me growing up, it was like, right, if you don't get spotted by kind of 15, you're probably not going to play for England because that's when they kind of like caught you. They put you in their kind of like academy system and then that's how they kind of got their future England players. So it was very hard for people to break through beyond kind of like the 15 17 kind of age so I like, I knew early on that I was like right so I'm not going to be playing for England but I didn't have any other kind of goals apart from just playing for some certain stuff whereas now I think you can actually work out your personal pathway where you want to get to what you need to do but you can also start planning what you're going to fall back on mm. I, th- I think that's uh, amazing advice actually and uh, you mentioned uh, previously about sort of almost reflecting back seeing yourself um and your identity being associated almost uniquely with cricket um and i think that is a that is a dangerous thing for for any youngster especially involved in sport uh, to be um only um you, you know their their only identity is associated with that sport so i think your advice about playing lots of other things um experiencing lots of other things um outside of that that one particular pathway um, is really important for people to, to listen to. Um, and that's not diminishing uh, or taking anything away from your passion about that sport, but um, you know there was much more, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of it, there was much more to, to Hannah Thompson than just Hannah Thompson the cricketer. Um, and, and so I think for, for any youngsters listening who perhaps uh, can relate to, to what Hannah said, um, 
you know, please take heed of her, her words of wisdom, which I think are, uh, are really important to, um, to engage with. So, so thank you for, for, for talking about that, Hannah. Um, so tell us, tell us though about your, uh, your academic uh, pursuits and your, um, you know, you've, you've gone from undergraduate to postgraduate and you're now doing a, a PhD. So um, t- tell us a little bit about that journey and, and, and where you're up to with it now and, and where you're hoping to go with it. Yeah, so I'm still at Loughborough. So I started Loughborough in 2014 and now it's 2021 and I'm like, oh my God, I'm still here. And just talking about that mental side, that's something that I think young like players and people need to be aware of too is don't compare yourself to other people, which is probably heard it so many times, but it's so true too because I give myself such a hard time now because I haven't kind of like left Loughborough and I see my friends excelling in different areas. I'm still excelling here. It's just, mm-hmm. it's so hard. Cause in a place like Loughborough, you see so many people doing amazing things. We've got, like, Olympic athletes here. We've got, like, top players from the women's kind of cricket side. There's, like, athletes from all over the place. And it's not just, like, it's people, like, doing sports science who are, who are doing amazing things. And it's so hard to, like, to try and remind yourself that you're still brilliant, even though, like, you're not doing all those other things kind of thing. Um, but I started Loughborough and did a English and sports science degree because I wanted to do kind of sports journalism, still have that kind of sport passion. Um, didn't know what a master's was when I started. Was employable. Well, I, I thought I was very employable by the time of my f- final year. Volunteered like a thousand odd hours doing like media volunteering, um, but still couldn't get a job. So I was like, right, let's have a look at doing a master's. Um, wanted to do sports marketing master's, couldn't afford it. Um, so did global media and cultural industries which was much cheaper and the government put out a bursary scheme or postgraduate loan system at that time so I was really lucky to kind of like right time right place and all that kind of stuff did that master's and because I'd um got a first class degree in my undergrad they emailed me being like do you want to do a PhD and I was kind of like what's a PhD um went in for some in kind of informal chats found out more about what a phd actually is and looks like and thought yeah why not apply so because like i mentioned earlier i didn't see any of that kind of 2017 world cup having just come off the back of working with lightning for the first time as well as like their media officer i was like right getting that cricket buzz back and starting to like love it and appreciate it i was like why not do a phd on the 2017 world cup pair my like passions with like sport and media with kind of cricket and everything um so i originally was going to look at the news coverage of the 2017 world cup um just look at kind of any comments that were made and all that kind of stuff um which i got awarded the the funding to do a phd which was amazing and that's why i'm kind of like here talking about my research now um but i ended up changing the topic from the 2017 world cup to the 2020 World Cup, which I was very, very kind of like lucky and privileged to get a um, overseas fieldwork grants from the people who fund me, ESRC, to go to World Cup back in February, which seems an absolute lifetime ago now. Mm. Um, but it was the most kind of extraordinary experience in such a crazy year, and it was definitely the highlight of the year. Um, so I'm focusing now more on the social media side of the game, looking at how players use social media. Um, interviewing like current England players to find out 
how they feel about kind of social media is it important to them or is it not and what's kind of like the pros and cons of social media do they get kind of many negative comments do they have to deal with that when they're about to perform do they have kind of coping strategies and that kind of stuff um but also looking at the kind of traditional news coverage still as well so how many articles are kind of um posted each year kind of thing like what is the news coverage actually looking like is it still kind of gender bias because all the kind of literature at the moment research says women only get about four to ten percent of all news coverage in sport so people keep like saying oh you've got to see it to be it but we're not seeing it enough so that's where kind of like my passions are with my research is to kind of unpick what's going on um putting player voices kind of at the center of my research because i really want that to drive where i'm going with it um but just tr- trying to find out more about what cricket media looks like because there really isn't much research on it at all the latest paper i found is 2009 so that's already over 10 years old now so hopefully what i'll be doing is will, will be quite exciting and get some good results and be able to shape kind of the media landscape with cricket media so i would i would imagine your um uh your your head of faculty or whoever you report into uh, from a phd will be uh thrilled with um you changing your topic because um it does sound uh really pioneering and groundbreaking um so um you know your whatever you um whatever your sort of research um provides you uh, with in terms of conclusions or observations um, I think he's going to be uh, very well placed and I'm sure lots of people in uh, not just the fields of academia but uh, in multiple other sectors will be intrigued to uh, to, to read um, your your final dissertation and uh, and paper uh, when when you get there so so when how far away are you from 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 that point uh, Hannah yeah, so I've just started my second year at the moment so it's three years mm-hmm. hopefully I, I stick to three years because sometimes people do like overgo with PhDs but my funding is just three years so if I don't do it within that I have to try and find some work and still be able to try and write up my like at least 80,000 words on this kind of subject so um I've just kind of I'm in the midst of data collection at the moment so I've been interviewing players I've been interviewing former players as well to try and get some perspective on what the game previously looked like to what it does now in terms of the media coverage um I've interviewed journalists who are at the World Cup as well. Um, And then I'm going to start... January is going to be a very busy month for me, Um, just finishing off my interviews, but also, like, starting to analyse the numbers of, like, how many articles have been put out this year. And I'm really interested to try and compare that to the men's game. But an important distinction that I'm looking at is, well, quite a lot of the studies on women's sport media... um, it's like, oh, women receive like four, ten percent kind of, of coverage. But how many times are they actually playing within that window as well? Because it's quite hard to compare it to like the men's side of the game if they're playing fifty percent less or, or more kind of thing at the time. So I'm definitely going to start looking at how many times have England men's cricket kind of played this year versus how many times England women have played. And then adjust kind of the findings accordingly to be able to be like well actually within the percentage perhaps the women have got kind of good kind of media coverage if you look at it that way but then the problem isn't their media coverage it's the opportunity to play 
so for, I think that'll be quite interesting um but yeah so I'm just at the moment just trying to think about all the different things I need to do I've written a, a to-do list and I know it's going to be very stressful over the next few months just trying to get everything done um I'm also working on a paper with one of my former players which I'll have to send across when it's finally done and stuff um because we've research as well the ethics around it so like I'm not meant to say too much about it kind of thing until it does get published too mm. so that's one thing within academia that I struggle with because I get findings and I'm like oh my god I'd love to tell people now like if I was an investigative like journalist I could just do it and get it out there but I have to kind of sit on it until I do get it all published mm. and then by that point Izzy Westbury has already written like an article about it in Wisdom and wherever else kind of thing I'm like oh my unique idea isn't actually unique at all so that's one of the kind of tensions with academia I think as well yeah I mean I I, I, I mean I, I can only uh go on your um your esteemed um experience of it I've, I've not uh, studied a PhD I've done a master's but uh, I do I, I do relate to those kind of um those kind of things in terms of the academic um restraints and uh, constraints that you're, you're placed under uh, just to comply with um you know the right way of doing things um but it, it sounds like an absolutely amazing um area of research and and as i said before one which uh, very much does sound groundbreaking so um you know we we wish you all the very best with it and if anybody listening um to this podcast feels as though uh, there's there's anything that they might be able to to help or um or contribute in some some way then please contact us and um, we'll put you in touch with hannah um so and it's great to hear that you kind of you've fallen back in love with the game um having gone through that period where um, you fell out of love with it and um and and so on so um so yeah i mean what what's the future look like in terms of um of hannah playing um cricket yeah, so I've been like dabbling in a bit of like club cricket at the moment and stuff. Um, but it's still it's so love hate with me at the moment. Like one minute I love it and I'll be on a high. So like at the moment I've been itching to just like get into a net and like just whack a ball. Even though like I said I hate batting, but <laughs> I just I've got that hunger back at the moment. I've been kind of when I've been bored in the house, I've been like just bowling against the wall and stuff like that with a tennis ball and stuff. And I think. That's the fun part about being an adult now is that you can do that and your mum won't tell you off kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, I definitely want to play club and get to the point where I'm a bit more committed with it. But well, like, I also like it because I'm I'm just enjoying it again. Well, maybe maybe um, it's a case of just uh, you know taking it bit by bit and harnessing those uh, positive um, those positive uh, approaches to it and. Uh, and and making sure again that word that's come up time and time again in our conversation today that you you have fun um and uh you know i certainly had fun with my 13 year old son earlier in the year when uh, we first went into lockdown and uh, we created these series of activities that were all cricket related and were all stuff that you could do at home uh, which we called stay at home cricket so maybe you could even have a a little dabble at, at some of those activities, Hannah, and uh, and not be worried about parents saying, "Oh, you can't do this or you can't do that," because the whole point of that idea was uh, to by us having fun, we wanted to bring fun to other people through uh, social media um, and uh, and through uh, the sport of cricket that we you know that we all love. So um, 
so yeah i would i would just uh suggest to you to to stay in that phase of all that flow of enjoying it and not to not look too far ahead um and just uh you know keep going with uh, you know the very fact that you said that you're looking forward to smacking a ball whereas five minutes ten minutes earlier you were saying you know you were talking about times where you just dreaded the idea of picking a bat up that in itself is a massive step forward so um so we wish you well with with all of your endeavors all of your um academic uh, pursuits but also with with all of your um your all of your sort of connections to cricket you've had such a uh, an amazing life connected to cricket um and yes you've had some time away from it but um you know really hope that um bit by bit you can go back to you know more love less hate of it um and wish you all the very best for the future yeah perfect thank you and that's where uh, women's cricket chat has also come out from as well so hopefully i'll be doing exactly what you're doing too and just trying to profile people and get their stories out there with my new little venture it's definitely a passion project so thank you so much for having me too no, you're very, very welcome, and we look forward to to working together and supporting you on that um, women's chat uh, podcast series. And um, I'm sure that uh, there are going to be people listening that will want to take part in that, or know people who want to take part in it. And for anybody who has really enjoyed listening to this podcast, um, please leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and share with your friends, uh, because it it is all about just trying to get um, stories like Hannah's out there. Um, which I'm sure anyone who listens to this podcast will agree with me is yet another example of quite an incredible individual having achieved some amazing things in such a short period of time. Um, so you know, I feel very privileged to have been able to uh, facilitate this conversation. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody. As a reminder, each Cricket Coach 365 podcast will be released every Friday at 6pm on Spotify and Apple Play. After listening, please leave us a positive review on Spotify and share it with your friends and contacts. You can also follow us on Instagram at cricket underscore coach 365. Have a great day.